Welcome to Outdoors. I'm Brian, and this morning we have Damon from Kind Design. Hey, Damon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brian, thanks for having me. So, Damon, I was really drawn to photos of your River Topo collection um, on on Instagram and probably Facebook and other places. It, it was really sticking out to me. It was like, wow, these are these are fascinating. Um, and I'd, I'd done a project years ago about about trails and kind of topographic patterns, trying to put those into a shirt for a particular hiking trail in Washington. And of course, what happened was uh, I didn't want to actually over promote an already popular trail. <laughs> so so it was like somewhat similar idea, but I was blown away by your execution of the concept for rivers. It really works. So um, at first, you know, being drawn to those geometric patterns and then you have this like realization, wow, these are actual rivers, right? These are places you can go and explore. So what what was like the creation of that concept? How did, how did that come, come into being? Yeah, it was, it was very organic. It wasn't like, here's my idea. Here's my business plan. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, we just started as a small t-shirt company and um, the design stuff developed from scratch as I was not, I was not trained as an artist and I'm all self-taught, which has its pros and cons. But part of the idea behind Kind Design was um, I was I was a raft guide in the summer and a ski patroller in the winter, and I wanted to build something that could not only, you know, um, support a family, but it could express my creativity in a way that gave back to the, the environment, the conservation of these wonderful places. Um, as you know, the whole idea of kind design is being kind to the earth and to other people. So, but it was, it was a, a long time coming. I mean, I started the company 2008, so, um, this is a long time coming and I think it, it just worked out. I, I want to say, um, my first product that was specific towards rafting or I guess any water sport was our board shorts and, our first round of board shorts or first couple rounds were just the topography of certain sections of the Colorado river. And then in my most recent version, we, which is currently sold out, I, I did the grand Canyon. Um, and I, I added the blue river running through it and it just, it really, I don't know. It struck a chord in me in a good way. And I, I knew I had an opportunity to to pitch the idea of of doing hoodies, tech hoodies um, and leggings with a manufacturer that we work with who um, has a cut and sew shop. So I kind of pitched the idea to be able to create these on a made to order basis. I mean, we offer three colors, you know, every size, 180 sections of river. So it didn't make sense to try to, I hate inventory. <laughs> we'll start there. I didn't want to just sit on a ton of inventory. We're, we're moving in the opposite directions. We're trying to get rid of all our inventory and just do made to order. And we, we tested a few fabrics and they just printed so nicely on these tech fabrics that are made out of primarily recycled plastic bottles um, with some spandex in them. And um, yeah, I, you know, the, the price point's a little higher. It's a premium product, but, you know, being made to order, I figured we could just kind of 
build out the program and just see if, you know, people see if it like really hits people, you know, in a certain way. Cause for me, that's what it does. It's like these wonderful experiences you've had on these rivers. People want to wear that, especially when it looks cool. Right. Um, it's like they, they have all these memories from these amazing places and you know whether it's one trip they did or a place they go every year several times a year it's always a special time and it always creates a memory that you'll never forget and it's just a nice way to honor these places and to also help protect it and and create clothing in a in a way that's um sustainable ethical and um yeah and we make everything right here in colorado which is nice yeah, it just uh, it's it's you know we started doing some targeting on Instagram and Facebook, and we obviously got you. Um, <laughs> and and it, it's it's nice to see the response. It's it's still tricky in a lot of ways, and we're still growing the program and improving it. But it's um, it it definitely speaks to like what I wanted to create when I started the company. And I think I, I want to get into your your storefront is i think pretty interesting where your your design company and your storefront is selling physical products which i think is a really interesting thing i just actually saw a big squarespace promo on how they're expanding their whole kit from just being website host to you know getting into etsy video production making entrepreneurs basically their own storefronts and you're kind of way ahead in that department so i want to get get to that in a minute but you've got a really interesting founding story do you mind sharing that with us yeah, I'm happy to. Um, yeah, so it's funny how these things we love so much can also bite us in the butt. Um, but I, I started the company in Vail 2008 and, um, you know, met my wife actually just before I started the company. So she was just my girlfriend at the time, but kind of got me going like, oh, I'm going to need to do more than ski patrolling and raft guiding <laughs> to, like, to really like help raise and support a family monetarily at least um but i also you know my dad always said like if i can teach you one thing it's work for yourself so i did want to start my own company and have that freedom little did i know being an entrepreneur can be less freedom <laughs> so let's see i started it was just a t-shirt company for a while and i was getting better at the design stuff so started doing some branding stuff and my wife and I wanted to start a family and she grew up in Boulder and a lot of work that I did was down here on the front range. So we decided to move to Boulder and so we moved to Boulder 2012. And then the following September, we, we woke up and my business, which was in the basement of our house was under five feet of water and mud. And the interesting thing was there was all these wildfires at the time and we were making t-shirts to help raise money for people affected by the wildfires. Nobody was thinking about a flood. It was a thousand year flood. We weren't in a designated floodplain. Like it was just pure chaos. And it was really, really sad to see everything I had built just destroyed in the blink of an eye. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't really, I wasn't ready to give it up. <laughs> it would have been easy to just wash my hands and and start anew uh, with something different. But it was my my first baby. I call it. <laughs> I got lots of babies now, but that was my first baby. And just like your human babies, you don't give up on them. So we actually had a lovely hat we designed with our logo in it, and our logo is a water drop with a snowflake in it. 
and we had the Colorado flag running through it. And the samples, you know, I, I created the hat, you know, a month before the flood and the samples came in like a couple of days after the flood and they just looked awesome. It was our first full custom hat and it looked like a flood relief hat. And I was, I just was like, well, even if I can't save the business, at least I can help like recoup some of the costs of all this. So we put them up for pre-order, put it on Facebook and Instagram and Back when things went viral a little easier, um, this went semi-viral. I think it had over a million impressions. I think the overall point being we we pre-sold enough of these hats to save the business and, and to kind of start fresh. So I took the opportunity to kind of like regroup and point the business in a direction that I wanted to take it. We were more on the manufacturing side of things before the flood doing all our printing in-house and stuff. And I just, I was more interested in the design and the business side of things. And there's other people that can do all the printing and manufacturing and all that better than I could do it, cheaper than I could do it. And we still work with a lot of different manufacturers and printers, and we still do all that custom stuff. And we can do it at, you know, at a uh, similar cost to going direct to the printer because they up upcharge the shirts so much and blah, blah, blah. So we still do all that. And um, people come to us usually because they like our design style and they want help with the designs, not just the printing or the manufacturing. And then the whole, like, I want to say, because you, you touched on the branding side of things. We, we were always a clothing company to start, but my design style lent itself well to branding and packaging design just with simplicity and using as few colors as possible and a lot of negative space. So I've slowly built up that design side of things. Um, so we, we offer all kinds of branding and packaging packages and we, um, yeah, we're very happy that we don't have to go out looking for this. It's all word of mouth. And, um, you know, I think, I've come a long way in my design over the last 10, 12 years. And um, it's, it's funny to see stuff I designed, you know, six years ago, thinking it was really good at the time. And now I'm like a totally different designer. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just been a very organic, organically grown business that just a lot of going with the flow. And um, one thing I've always held strong to my heart was taking care of our customers and writing a personal thank you on every single order that comes through and turning a otherwise impersonal experience into more of a personalized e-commerce experience. When people buy stuff online, they don't normally get handwritten thank yous. And we try to be as responsive as possible with our customer service and take care of the customer. And, you know, we have a very strong fan base because of that. And we're very grateful for our customers and clients who have kept us going over the years. Yeah. I think the, the approach you're taking, I think is really interesting about, you know, you go to the website and you see a lot of these beautiful physical products, right? And so you, you can order those, you can customize them and really dig in there. Uh, and then you look a little closer, you're like, wow, I can hire Damon for graphic design or branding work. And so it's, it's not like a traditional way of selling branding services, right? But it's more of like an organic 
word of mouth thing. And in my experience, that's where all the that sort of business comes from anyway, right? It's it's really like easier to sell physical products through online and social media. But in terms of like really trusting someone to build your brand, you're not going to just like find <laughs> someone from an ad. You know what I mean? You have to have a little bit of more credibility. So how, how does that work in building that part of the business out? Yeah, I'd say that's still a work in progress. I mean, we need to, our, our website's a little old. We need to update it. And the new website will have a much stronger portfolio side to it because right now we, you know, we just displayed a bunch of logos we've created and whatnot, but there's so many projects we've done, especially on the packaging side of things, whether it's coffee, CBD, beer, food, we've done all kinds of packaging. And then you get a physical product and to see that it's really cool. So it'll be nice to display all that. And um, yeah, I don't know. We, we get a lot of, yeah, I think you're right. I think we do get a lot of our clients just because they're on our website and they, they like, our design aesthetic and they're like, Oh, they do branding. Hey, I got a new startup. I'm looking for a logo. And as you probably know, with, with the branding side of things, you can hire somebody right out of college. who will do it for next to nothing. You can go to a giant firm. Who's going to charge a minimum of 50,000, hundred thousand. Like there's a large spectrum there. And, you know, we've worked our way up to a certain minimum and our current minimum is based on how many hours I want to put into a project to know I'm going to create something that I'm proud of and that the customer is going to be happy with. Mm-hmm. And we used to do tons of small projects here and there, and we don't anymore, mainly because they end up taking more time and more money than these people want to spend. And they still don't come out the way I want them to, or the client wants them to. So I'd say we're still on the, the more affordable side of things, but if people like our style, you know, they're, they're happy to get a proposal from us. And if they can afford it, you know, we'll roll with it. And honestly, a lot of our clients are serial entrepreneurs who are starting multiple companies and they hire us for one job and then they hire us for their next project, um, which is always fun. So, um, and same on the packaging side, you know, when they're creating new, new packaging, updated packaging, new products. Yeah. It's, it's just, I've been very fortunate with the clients I've had, up to this point. So when you were creating your initial product pro- products, um, you're talking about how you really kind of had a breakthrough one that really kind of helped help the launch where we have sometimes as creatives and entrepreneurs, we have these ideas in our mind. Well, like my, my trail shirt, oh, it's going to be this amazing thing. And I missed a few key ingredients. <laughs> and so it didn't become really anything, but what, what sort of, um, items did you have that really broke through and kind of gave proof of that concept into something that could build into something bigger? I mean, I think I'm going to go back to the design side of things and just being able to harness the GIS data and create these beautiful topographic maps, scrapping, you know, topo maps. Everybody loves a nice topo map, but they're cluttered with everything that you don't want to see. I just wanted to like see the contours. And I knew once I could get them in a vector, the, you know, the sky's the limit, (laughs) especially with clothing. I mean, there's a lot of people, I want to say topography is trendy right now. There's a lot of brands implementing it in certain ways. Um, I want to say on the clothing side, we're as unique as it gets um, in that we don't just use random topography because it looks cool. We use specific places because people are drawn to these places and it means something to them. Yes, that makes it a little harder because you're limiting 
your demographic to like who's been to these places and who so you have to also find these people who who you know it's gonna mean something to them so i mean luckily i'm in colorado we do a lot of colorado river stuff our demographic was basically built in for that yeah obviously just you know we're constantly tweaking our targeting on instagram and facebook and that's been a huge part of our success and even more so with our custom topographic ties for weddings that went from like I, I created the the ski area ties. Nobody was ordering ties. And I was like, oh yeah, people don't really wear ties, but then people would buy like 10 at a time for a wedding. So I was like, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to be able to customize it for like where the wedding is or where he proposed or, you know, the groomsmen's hometowns. So creating the custom concept was really kind of my aha moment there, which we now do with the river stuff too. So you can choose from those 180 locations or there's a customization option on the website. So you, you know, you pay a little add-on fee that covers the design time more or less, and you can do basically any section of river anywhere in the world. So yeah, uh, we're, we're working on the East coast rivers. Now we'll launch a bunch of stock locations for the East coast. Um, cause we do get a lot of people who want the East coast rivers and I'm from the East coast and there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful water over there. And, um, it's just a lot of design time. So it's, it's, we'll probably won't launch until next spring. Yeah. We're, we're building up this giant portfolio of stock locations, but we're going to be offering the custom locations moving forward as well. I think that's pretty interesting with the story about the ties, about how, all of a sudden you realize, well, there's a group of people, they're going to get the same thing, right? And they, they you know that there's going to be something custom for them, but there's going to be a somewhat a bit of quantity there. And then if that's a market that works really well, then you can invest more time and energy into, um, you know, doing advertising or promotion for that specific niche. Yeah. And I, I want to say the targeting is easier for the wedding stuff just because they're, they have to be engaged to even see our ads. So like right there, you know, you're, you're the people who are seeing your ads are getting married. So that's good. <laughs> but it also check the program also checks all the boxes that the river top of checks. It, it's everything's made in Colorado, hundred percent recycled materials. And yeah, it's again, it's since it's made to order, we can do the customization and they, you know, typically the way it works is they order a color chart from us, which is refundable. They just need to send it back in the prepaid return mailer. So no risk on their end. They don't have to order anything, but that gets them a swatch of the fabric that the ties and squares and other items are printed on. So they can see the fabric in person and they can choose from over 500 colors, but they, you know, typically with weddings, they'll, they'll have swatches from these different brands of what the wedding dress is going to look like. So they'll compare against the wedding dress They'll try to match it as close to possible, or they'll just try to get all their wedding colors in there in one way or another. Everybody does it different. You know, if they can't find the color they're looking for, we, you know, we even tweak stock colors to try to get what they're looking for. It's, it's a little, yeah, I want to say the, the hardest thing for me with the wedding stuff is just the timelines and making sure everybody gets their stuff in time. We have some rush options and whatnot, but with shipping and missing packages and, uh, you know, it's, 
it's a somebody's wedding day. <laughs> you don't want to be that person that like doesn't get them their products in time, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we stay we stay on top of all that. And um, you know, the customer service is also harder with anything made to order because nobody. I don't want to say nobody. People are less patient than they used to be. People are are used to getting things immediately. Um, we're very clear on our website. You know, I think right now our pr- production time is like eight to ten weeks, but we push. We try to push things through quicker. But we had such an influx of orders this summer, we had a hard time keeping up, and people were getting their products later than we promised. So in that case, yeah, it's they're supposed to be non refundable, non exchangeable, blah blah blah. But I've I've told every customer so far, you know, since we went over the eight week mark, if you're dissatisfied with that, happy to give you a refund instead of getting the product. No, no questions asked. So again, taking care of your customers, but most people I want to say, understand it. There's been supply chain issues with the COVID pandemic. And I think people are understanding of that as well. You know, you just get a few people here and there who just can't handle waiting and they act like they're too good for your product if they, they get it a week late, but you know, they can't get it anywhere else. And I'm not going to feel bad about us creating something carefully and doing it right, even if it takes a little bit longer. So how do you go about managing your your time with, with all of these different timelines and products and services going on? Yeah, that's a, that's a question. Well, I'm a dad first. I have three little kids. So that sets my schedule right there. Yeah, family comes first. And when I have time to work, I work my butt off. I don't know how else to put it. It's tricky. My wife helps manage everything, our schedule, our calendar. Um, she's a huge part of of the business now and, and helping me manage my own time and our family manage our time. I couldn't do it without her. Yeah, I'm still getting better every day. But when you have kids and especially three little ones close in age, you learn how to manage time. Even twins. if you're not great at it, you, you learn. <laughs> yeah. You have, you have twins. You really got to get your systems dialed in quick, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but that also brings me to my next point of like, we've had opportunities to grow this business in another direction. Um, directions that would just take up too much time. And, you know, I, I sat down with my wife recently and we just talked about what we wanted out of the business and it wasn't to turn it into this huge thing as fast as possible. That's not going to give us any time. I told her, I was like, we have a few good years with our kids before they don't want to hang out with us anymore. So let's turn this into a business that gives us the free time to spend with them while it's good. If we want to get up and go to a national park, let's go do like, let's be able to do that. Let's not feel like we're stuck grinding all the time, even if we can't build the business as fast as we want to. It's still, you know, it's, it's still growing and we're doing better than we had planned to do, which is great. But I still want to, I don't want to push it too fast because I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I, I have too much to do with work. And I can't spend time with my family. That's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. So uh, that's a really interesting point. Do you think with with COVID and all the natural disasters and all the crazy stuff happening in the world now that that people maybe are having a mindset shift between, you know, in my, my career, when it started, it was always growth for growth's sake, 
right? And we would, you know, put on these corporate meetings where it's all about what kind of margins you're making this year and the growth's got to be exponential every year. And you realize that's just really not sustainable for the long term for a lot of things. And, you know, more discussions now about about uh, quality of life and, and mental health. And we were talking before about kind of lifestyle business where in the past, you know, I was seeing like, oh, you're not growing like crazy. You're just doing a lifestyle business like it was a negative thing. But now I wonder if, if there's a mindset shift where people are really aspiring to do that because you can not just defer happiness to later, but, you know, build something you're really proud of. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that have that mindset um, similar to mine right now. And, you know, it's the reason that everything outdoorsy, sporting good wise is on back order for a year, (laughs) you know, but there's also people who are just trying to build a business as quick as possible and make as much money as quick as possible. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially if they're doing it ethically and sustainably, you know, I don't, I don't fault them for that. Um, I want to say most of them probably don't have three little kids, but um, I think there is a large chunk of people You know, mental health, especially through COVID, has been a huge issue um, across the world. And I think people are finding that the outdoors helps helps your mental health in a lot of ways. It doesn't have to be doing something specific. It's just getting out and being in nature is a healing event in itself. I grew up in rural Vermont and spent my time just playing in the woods, not knowing how special that was, taking it for granted. And I think there's a lot, there's definitely a lot of people who have that mindset now. And I think, you know, the other side of things is like some people try to grow something very quick because they want to do something before somebody else does it. Right. They have a novel idea, but someone's going to steal their idea and I, I think I'm doing something that's completely unique and I don't see somebody stealing my idea. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It's got me. Tw- it took 12 years to get to this point and I have a very unique skill set and, um, and very unique connections. And I do think, I think I'm safe right now. I, you know, and I, and I, I didn't touch on this earlier, but, that was also one of the one of the ideas when I, I started the River Topo stuff. I, I wanted to do something that nobody else was doing. And, you know, we did a lot of Colorado flag designs before it was played out. And now you can get a Colorado flag hat at any gas station. And it's <clears throat> I didn't want to be compared to these other companies that it's putting minimal time into a design and just selling as many pieces as possible and having it made in China. I didn't want to do that. You know, it was nice seeing the money come in from it, especially on the wholesale side, but it's, it's not where I wanted to, to bring the business. And I, I really wanted to just do something completely unique, but do it right too. So what advice would you give to, you know, a young creative entrepreneur that wants to do something like, like you're doing, like what sort of, things do you wish you would have known before you got going or is it all kind of part of the process? Where, where do people, where should people focus their energies starting out? That's a good question. I think, yeah, that is a very good question. Uh, I, I want to bring it back to the very basics of like 
being kind to people and working well with people, more people are willing to work with you if you're kind, right? Like, let's just start there. Nobody's going to work with you if you're a jerk, (laughs) right? I've found success there. I find that not just being kind to other people, but in everything you do, make sure you do it in a way that you know you're not hurting the environment and you know you're not hurting people. And I think it starts there. And I think the next bit of advice I would give is to not be afraid to ask other entrepreneurs questions and to put yourself out there and to just find out as much as possible instead of just like wondering or Googling it or, you know, like sit down and have a conversation with people who have done this, learn, you know, learn about what they did right, what they did wrong, you know, just follow your passion really like. Yeah, I think it really comes down like our, our tagline, which it, 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 it's not really our tagline anymore, but it was, we always said, um, live your dream because that's like, if you're not enjoying your work, then you're not enjoying life because a lot of, a lot of life is working. So if you're not enjoying it, what's the point? I mean, it, it really destroys you mentally if, if you're not enjoying what you're doing. So yeah, just make sure you you follow your passion and you know, you're kind to people and you're not afraid to put yourself out there and to take chances. And it's okay to fail. I know it's kind of cliche. As you know, and I know, we've failed a million times over and we're <laughs> and we're still trudging along because we get these aha moments of like god, it's all worth it. I knew it was all worth it. And you know, you got to, you got to, you got to just keep grinding too. Like I'm grinding 12 years later. It's a different kind of grind. And I'm happy that I'm focusing my time with my, my kids and my wife right now while maintaining the business, but it's still a grind every second of the day that I have free. I'm, I'm grinding, grinding, grinding to make sure we're caught up and we're, you know, expanding. And yeah, it's definitely been tricky too with COVID and employees and trying to hire people. And it's just, it's just a funky time right now, but yeah, I mean, that's not going to stop me. <laughs> Speaking of that, what, what are you most excited about in this upcoming year? This upcoming year, skiing with my kids <laughs> on the business side of things. I think just seeing where this program goes, this whole river topo program. I mean, we're planning on la- launching other water bodies, lakes, coastlines, um, new products, in that line and not sitting on inventory. I'm excited to focus on my design projects a little bit more. Um, we just hired a new girl to help with the design and everything else. But like, I really need someone to take a load off of the design side of things right now. Cause these things take a lot of time to set up. There's a lot of artwork and setup involved in everything we do. And, you know, all my time going to that, takes away from my time doing other important things. But again, it's about, I don't want to, I don't, I'll always feel like I'm too busy. I know that, (laughs) but I just want these next few years with my kids to, to be special and memorable for them and for me. Yeah. I think the business is going to take care of itself as long as we keep, you know, it, my wife has been a huge part of you know, helping me plan for the future and getting the business to a point that makes sense for our family. And so just keep working with her on, on dialing in this, 
this business and and doing something that I didn't think was possible once upon a time, you know, doing clothing made to order. And, you know, my mind's gone in a million different directions over the last 12 years of where I need to take this company. But right now is about as happy as I've ever been with the direction it's going in. That's that's nice to hear. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to add at this point? Well, I just want to thank you for having me. Thanks for your lovely books. Uh, my, my wife picked them up this morning. She's like, well, you're on a podcast. I'm like, yeah. Here's the books that he sent me that he wrote. And she just opened them up. She's like, man, these are really cool. She loved them. She, she was like super into it right away. So nice. you, I want you to keep up the good work, keep fighting the good fight. And yeah, to everybody out there, our, the business is Kind Design. It's kinddesign.co. That's the website. And if you have any questions at all, email us uh, and we'll do our best to get back to you in a timely manner. And, you know, we look forward to uh, making some awesome clothing that you can't get anywhere else for you. Awesome. Damon, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Until next time. Happy trails. All right. Take care.